everyone, my name is Hana Nakagawa and I'm working as a Newcastle Uni Adventist Church as a Bible worker. Today we are talking about covenant law and here we have special guests Lawson Volta. Welcome Lawson. Hi, thank you for having me Hana because you invited me. No, I'm here. We're doing a Bible study. Me and you, we go to church together. We both worked as Bible workers and whatnot. Yeah, we're just having a look at today's Sabbath school lesson and seeing what it has to say to us. Yes, thank you Lawson for being here. So we have actually four main points and we will go through four main verses each. The first verse we want to look at is Exodus 19 and verse 5 and 6. And we want to talk about covenant, but then some people might say, oh, in Old Testament time, God just chose Israel as a special people they are the chosen people but does that mean that God didn't care the salvation mm. of other nations or what's happening here like it's God yeah. becoming racist or <laughs> <laughs> so yeah can you read for us Exodus 19 verse 5 and 6 yeah let's go so Exodus chapter 19 verse 5 and 6 the Bible says now therefore if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to Israel. Yeah, it's really interesting that essentially like we're asking the question, okay, why did God pick Israel? And he here he gives conditions. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. He's like, oh, if you'll obey my voice, keep my covenant, whatnot, but then you will be my special treasure. And I think that's the part that people can take issue with, mm. is they read like special treasure. Oh, wait, okay, so God picked them to be better than everyone else? That's where it's a little bit contentious, and there are particular people in the Christian world, in theological circles, who would say, oh, yeah, no, God, what God was doing here was selecting Israel to be saved wow. over everyone else. Mm-hmm. And now I, I can see you know, the look on your face <laughs> and, and my face who probably feel a little bit uncomfortable with that mm. because we sit here thousands of years later and I'm not Jewish. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay, you know, does God still hold these sentiments today that he prefers one group of people mm. over the other? Yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that, Hannah? It's so cool that it says all the earth is mine. And yeah. God, mm. God doesn't, you know, God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is his desire for everyone to be saved yes, and to yes, be redeemed. Yes. But I think Israel has the special like purpose or special mm. calling or special role yeah. to, to reach other people as yeah. well. I think that's what we see in verse 6, right? That's mm. the point that verse 6 makes. If I can read that again, mm. it's, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the children of Israel. What is a kingdom of priests? Like, what does a priest do? That's my thought. What, what's the purpose of a priest? Yeah, what do, what do you think? What's the purpose? What is a priest in the time of the Exodus or during Israel's history? We have the priests doing lots of different things. Like, what was the purpose of that? So they worked in the temple. Yeah, worked in the temple. Sacrificed in animals. Yeah. All these things. But why? What were they to the people? Why were they important to the people? Who did they represent to the people? God. Yeah, that's exactly right. God, like priests in a holy nation, like what this makes me think is that the purpose of Israel was to represent him to the world. Yeah. As we know, yeah, God has a desire for all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. But as we're going to talk about covenant going forward and, you know, how this plays out through history, 
God needs, God always wants to work through people Mm -hmm. and God needs a vehicle, a vessel to be able to represent him. And we're going to put that in the context of covenant a little bit later, Mm. but essentially, you know, to be a group of priesthood, a holy nation, Mm. what this looks like is that, yeah, there would be a group of people representing him. Mm. And then there's application there for even us, actually. A verse just came to my head. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 66. Yeah. This is actually really cool. It's like one of my favorite passages in the Bible because we see like a later expansion of this idea in Isaiah 66. And let's read 20 and 21, if you could read that for us, Hannah. Then they shall bring all your brethren for an offering to the Lord out of all nations, or horses and in chariot and in litters, on mules and on camels, to my holy mountain Jerusalem, says the Lord, as the children of Israel bring an offering in the clean vessel into the house of the Lord, and I will also take some of them for priests and Levites, says the Lord. So this is actually pretty crazy right here, because it says, like, the Lord will bring out of all nations people to come to Jerusalem to worship Mm. him. And then... He says in verse 21, and I will take some of them to be priests and Levites. Does this mean then they join the tribe of Levi or they become the sons of Aaron? Mm. No, what this is saying is that, oh, then all people will become my representatives. But we see that beginning here. And I love how it uses priests and Levites to represent this. We see that in its beginning stages and in relationship to the covenant in Exodus, where it's like, you will be my priests, you will be my Levites, you will be my representatives of the world. Just Mm. you and me as Christians Mm. um, from very different parts of the world, very different backgrounds, are today like for Christ. Wow, and I think it's not like exclusive things. Even though like we are called remnant church, sometimes I got the impression of, oh, are we like excluding some people? But actually, Mm. no, this movement, this church is like open to anyone Mm. who are called by God, who represent his character, preaching the gospel and the three angel message. It is Mm. for everyone. Yeah, it is not exclusive thing. All right, (laughs) that's awesome. So I guess if we just quickly put this in the context of covenant, then it's Mm. like that God's people were selected then to be the the face of the covenant, essentially, Mm. like to be representatives to the rest of the world of the covenant. As we've probably discussed in previous weeks of the Sabbath school, the covenant is all about saving his people. Like Mm. that's what God's trying to be. And and now he's selected Israel to be representatives Mm -hmm. of that. But I guess now we can turn the corner of our Bible study to the next. Yes. Our next verse is Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 13. The Bible says, He declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, the Ten Commandments, and wrote them on tablets of stone. Yeah, so it talks about law here, commandments here. So why is the law important to the covenant? This is such a good question. Let me ask you this. Like, what is what is a covenant? Yeah, covenant is something like... Covenant never be one part. Like it needs to be like relational thing. It needs to be like two parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And between two parts, there are promises that they make to Mm. each other to Mm. keep it to each other. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good point. Something that I always see from covenant is that there's like a result of the covenant. Mm. And what we see in, you know, the covenant that God makes with his people is that the result is they'll be saved. 
Yeah. There's a result of the covenant. We see that, for example, in marriage, the result mm. is that you'll be married. Like Forever. they'll be together. But mm. then we always see in, in covenant agreements, terms and conditions. I love using the marriage covenant, even though we're both sitting here as like <laughs> single people. The marriage covenant is such a good example of that because you, know, you stand there or you watch people stand there and they, mm-hmm. they do their vows and they're like, until death do us part, in sickness and in health, mm. I'll be there for you. There's also the promise of uh, monogamy, that they won't be with anyone else. There are conditions to the covenant. There is uh, terms yeah. to the covenant. That's always how it has to exist. We, If we put this in the business world, for example, you can imagine, say, a company, right? Mm. A company, it's an oil company. Yeah. And that oil that, that the company makes is bought by the government to power the country but then there will be enough number of conditions that the government has from their side of this agreement that mm. okay we will buy your oil that's what you provided the covenant and now i our 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 what we our conditions of the covenant is that you as an oil company ecologically responsible yeah uh, that you don't give oil to anyone else except for us mm. these kinds of things always like in covenants in in agreements like this yeah there, there has to be conditions yeah that's true yeah what are your thoughts i think without that law without that rule covenant can't be covenant because mm-hmm. like how do you fulfill the uh, purpose of covenant without that law without conditions without the conditions yeah yeah so that's what we see here with this covenant that god makes with us is that the conditions contained within them Mm. is the Ten Commandments. Yeah. That's epic. That's so good. Cool. Next verse is James 1, 17. I love this. New Testament. Okay. So, actually, because you say it's your favorite. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Go for it. No, it's good. It's a good verse. James 1, 17. It says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Amen. Yeah, so in the context of covenant, why does God use the law for the covenant? So that's interesting, because we asked before, like, why is the law important to the covenants? Because of the conditions. Mm. But why does God select the law as the conditions? over maybe something else like he could mm. use any other metric to which the covenant could be kept yet he picks the law mm. it's interesting hey what, what are your it thoughts is. i think law according to this verse god does not withhold anything good from us like every mm. good gift come from him and that means that he wants the he hopes the best for us mm. he knows what's the best for us yes and to in order to have the covenant there's a condition of law but mm. through that law we are actually blessed like we can live the best oh, life through that's that. so good yeah no that's amazing like my thought is like that the bible states so plainly and clearly that sin is the transgression of the law and the purpose of the covenant is to save us from our sins mm-hmm. like to give us salvation yeah So therefore, if the covenant is all about giving us salvation from sin, which is the transgression of the law, like then yes, like a part of that, the terms would be all to do with the law. But it's like God wants the law to be the conditions because yeah, it will inherently, if if the promise to us is that I'm going to save you from sin, how I'm going to give you the ability Mm. to be able to do the thing that won't kill you, Mm. which is keep the law instead Mm. of the thing that will kill you. Yeah. Of course he would lead us to do that. And the simple fact is, as you were saying, like the law is so good. Like it is the only way to live. It is literally, we talk about the laws of nature. The law of God is pretty much the law of nature because if you disobey the law of God, you die. Yeah. Like you are dead. Mm. If you sin, mm. you 
you cut yourself off from God and you die. Yeah, that's so true. And also, even in our life on the earth,、mm. I think living the life outside of God's law, it actually causes a lot of pain, suffering,、mm. and guilt and shame, like all that.、Mm. And I think when we are in the law of God, it brings happiness, joy,、mm. and like peace and all the good things. And I think. Not only like God is saving us from the death eventually, but He's、mm. a- actually giving us the freedom in、mm. our life in, on the earth here as well. That's so good. Hey, I think there are so many countries and societies and things that are not Christian based, particularly like in the ancient world and particularly like super remote places where these different like. Parts of the Ten Commandments are established. Don't murder, don't steal.、Mm. Like, we can just identify inherently that those things are wrong. For example, like, we use marriage as a, as a thing before. What marriage represents is it's an institution that is given to us so that we don't break commandments. For example, committing adultery, these kinds of things.、Mm. God gives us the institution of marriage. And it's also, there's so much more to marriage than that. But it's interesting that in literally every culture that has ever existed, no matter how remote or removed from God,、mm. The institution of marriage exists.、Mm-hmm. And this is because, just like the law, that's the purpose why marriage is given, just like the law, we can identify and see as humans, even without God, that it's better to live that way. Yes. I think it's the confusion of sin that would bring us to a place where we believe that's incorrect.、Um, because. Yeah, the world is telling us, do whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you'll be yeah, happy. Yeah. And... It's, it's crazy, hey, like the big kind of revolution、mm-hmm. in the last, in terms of morality,、mm-hmm. in the last. 50, 60 years has been like the sexual revolution and、yeah. saying, oh, monogamy, you don't need to、um, practice, you don't need to have one partner. And yet, year on year, the number of divorces increases.、Mm. Year on year, people are unsatisfied with marriage, sexual abuse continues, like、mm. all these different things, which stems from this idea that, oh, no, we don't have to follow God in this aspect. Yeah, that is so true. In the, living in the design of God is actually. Like the best, it's the, it's best. the best way. It's simply, it just goes back to Adam and Eve in the beginning. Living with God, living in God's designs brings life. Living outside of it brings death. It's just the nature of the world we live in. And it's, we see that in the ultimate sense that it literally brings life and it literally brings death. But then all the steps on the way of pain and sadness、yeah. and suffering. In the other way, if sin can bring us pain and sadness and suffering, then we flip that on its head and keeping the law can bring us joy. And happiness、mm. and fulfillment、Amen. and contentment and everything that we value、mm. you know, in life. It can bring us motivation and drive, and it's amazing. And it's not even the burdensome,、mm. it's not even the things that we think, oh, we need to keep it. It's like, some, like when we receive the love of God, it's something、mm. that we desire to do as well.、Mm. So, the last、uh, verse we want to go is Exodus 19 and verse. Five. We already read this one, but we're going to read from、oh, a little,、yeah, that's little different perspective. Yeah. Because this is interesting. The Bible says here, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for the, all the earth is mine. I like how you emphasize if. So, next question is what then is our part in the covenant? What's, what do we need to do?、Mm. Because it's okay, we've talked all about the conditions of the covenant, the law, and how it's contained within the covenant. So, then what is our part to play? And what it shows us here, like in this verse, is this with this word if, it means that it's conditional, that it's if. And just like pretty much every other covenant that has ever existed ever in the entirety of the world、mm. is there's always ifs. Oh, yeah, this agreement will continue and it will benefit us if 
these things happen. No, if both sides hold up their part mm-hmm. of the deal, this is every agreement, every covenant, there needs to be conditions yeah. and there needs to be a conditionality to it if. Mm. So that because if it doesn't get done and we see if the result of the covenant is that everyone is saved, yet the Bible communicates that there will be people that is lost, mm. well, then that condition has to exist. Mm. So it's, okay, what's our part in the covenant if? I feel like this is the really contentious area on this topic because mm. the if, I believe, the part to play in the covenant is the big difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. In the old covenant, the if and the conditions were, and what Israel had agreed to is that everything that the Lord says, we will do. Yeah, I will do it. Yeah, yeah. that's what they say. Let me try and find the verse here. It's just a few verses down. Yeah, verse 8. Do you mm. want to read that for us, Hannah? Yeah, uh, it says, Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses brought back the words mm. of the people. It's like you think about <laughs> you think about what that, just immediately, like Moses is like, all right, guys, I'm going to go get the, the covenant from God. Mm. Uh, you said you'd do it, so mm. I'll be right back. See you later. And then he comes back down the mountain and they're worshipping a golden calf. And yeah. it's, oh man, how long did that? Not very long. No. Not um, like a very short amount of time. And yeah. I believe this is also the Christian experience. How much do we fail? Oh, like, how many times do we fall? Mm. I think, you know, for for you, Hannah, and myself, we've been a Christian. We're both converts to the faith. Yeah. But we've both been Christians long enough, you know, four or five years, mm. um, something like that, that we can both say from our experience that we've experienced falling down. We've experienced 100%. pain. We've experienced sin. Mm. But we've experienced our faith. That's right. Like, That's right. We're, we're the ones who made the yeah, mistakes. Yeah, all the mistakes, all the fall is actually... Because of us, because of our mm. selfishness, like our wrong choice. Mm. It's not in God's. Yeah, 100%. And it's and for then, it's like when it comes to the conditions of this covenant, when we fail, and it's not because the law is bad, and it's not because God is wanting to keep us out. No, it's our fault. That's right. And so it's like, okay, then how does God rectify this problem? Mm. How can he deal with a group of sinful people that will keep falling? And I believe we find that answer in just... One of the most epic chapters ever, Hebrews chapter 8. Yes. And I'll get you to read this. Actually, yeah, verse starting in verse 7. Well, actually, we'll just read verse 7 and then go from there. Yeah. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. So this is like, this again just reflects to us like the problem with the first covenant and it being faultless and there's the, just the simple question you need to ask, okay, covenant is all about promises made to each other does god make faulty promises no no no. so who made the faulty promise humanity we can point our finger at the israelites and say oh it's the israelites who did that (laughs) no but it's us like it's us Mm. so god is okay i need to find a new way for my people to be a part of this covenant and then it continues on if you want to read verse 8 to verse 13 13, just read the whole thing says because finding fault with them He says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write Mm. them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. 
verse 11. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, says, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their righteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. In that, he says, a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Now what is become, becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Mm. Oh, this is such an epic passage. Right? I think it shows us, as we mentioned before, like there's the, the terms of the covenant and also the results of the covenant. Mm. It shows us like, first let's highlight the results of the covenant, which we see in verse like 12. For I will be merciful, merciful. to their unrighteousness and their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. The old covenant also had mercy. That's mm. what it was all about. Mm. Like the covenant from the start to the finish, like has been about saving his people. And the old covenant was already mercy. They already were sacrificing for their sins. They're already, because they were sinful people promising that now they would follow God. Yeah. It already included mercy from the very beginning. Mm. But now we see this great and generous shift in the, yeah, within the conditions of the covenant. Not that it does away with the law. In fact, the very opposite, as we read in verse 10, this is the covenant. I love this. Yes. This is the covenant. Qualifying statement mm. that I will make with the house of Israel. By the way, it mentions the house of Israel. Here's, oh, Hebrews is a New Testament book. This is a quote from Jeremiah. Mm. So this is, again, just highlighting like this idea of old and new covenant. God has always been gracious to his people, always wanting to save them from their sins yes. and always wanting to, to forgive them, to work in their hearts. And that's what we're going to go on and read. It's just because of our problems, we, mm. we made that a stumbling block. But then it says, and this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they mm. shall be my people. What this represents to us, this is like the best news ever, right? Mm. This is literally, this is the gospel mm. because it's like the good news is that God knows we can't do it. Mm -hmm. So he will. And it's then we take a further step back. Okay, if God will, then how are we apart? Because God wouldn't then take away our freedom of choice. He wouldn't then be like, That's right. oh, he okay. doesn't force us. Yeah, he wouldn't then be like, all right, I'm just going to make everyone perfect so they can keep the covenant. <laughs> no, it, it starts with a choice. That's true. Um, it starts with our choice to go, okay, I want to choose to follow God. And mm. he promises that he will do this to my heart. He will write the laws, all these different things. But it's I, I feel like we can sometimes put too much emphasis on our choice. That's true. And then mm. we can... T so take a step further back from our choice mm. to choose God. And, and then it's like, oh, but God chose us. And it's like, what's the ultimate, the ultimate way in which God you know, showed mercy to us, saved us from our unrighteousness, wrote the laws of our heart and everything. Oh, Jesus came down and died for us mm. and gave everything for us so that then we could make that choice to... To then have God do everything for us in our heart. Mm. Isn't that powerful? Yeah, I actually was talking with my housemate. She's she's a Muslim girl. We were talking about, we do the things that we don't want to do. We don't mm. want to do the things that we want to do. Yeah, and yeah. like we have literally no power to control ourselves, change our desire, be free from sin. And we need Jesus. I just love, you know, when people talk about the restrictions of... Christianity, the restrictions of the covenant, the restrictions of the law. I just make to them the point, listen, like Jesus died and gave us ultimate freedom. Mm. And then furthermore says he will do the work in our hearts to make us free. Oh. Like this, we are so blessed. Like we can, obviously like I was about to say in my brain, I'm like, man, we can be so lazy. Nah, the point isn't laziness, obviously. Because then God blesses us to be excellent. God blesses us to become more than we are. Mm. But the thing is that he doesn't leave us without hope. He yes. doesn't leave us to our own devices. Mm. 
He gives us everything that we need. I think that would be a good verse to close on. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Yeah. This is, oh, this is such an epic verse. Oh, this is one of my absolute favorites. We're going to read verse 32. The Bible says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, mm. how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Yeah. As if we believe that God was willing to die for us, mm. how would he not then do everything else that is necessary for us to be saved? Amen. And then the question is, okay, how do we be a part of the covenant? What do we do? Oh, we just choose. Him. Amen. Amen. That's so good. I think we're done. Yeah. I hope this recording is a blessing for you, whoever listening. And yeah, God bless all. Let's close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for uh, being our God who writes a law in our heart and who um, gave your only son Jesus to us. You you never withhold anything good um, from us, Lord. Thank you so much um, for being faithful. Uh, Lord, we are so blessed to be your children. Father, I pray that day by day we can choose you. Thank you that you give us this freedom and I pray that we will use this freedom for you day by day. And Lord, um, mm. please walk with us. And I pray that in our life, uh, we can bring more people to you as well. Um, this great news we can spread. And um, pray all these things in Jesus' precious and loving name. Amen. Amen.